All right, everybody. Somebody go ahead and start the music. to the Prof. JC Leadership Podcast, a podcast about life, leadership, and human flourishing. My guiding philosophy is simple. What you can be, you must be. Abraham Maslow. The purpose of this podcast is to help you live an all-in life, be an all-in leader, and lead all-in teams and organizations. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prater, yours truly. And I'm so grateful you joined me for a few moments on the podcast today. The professor is in. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday, happy Friday, happy Friday. I hope you've had a great week this week. I hope it's been everything you needed to be, that it's been impactful, it's been effective. And uh, I hope you're on a really good path this year, this month, and this week. I hope it's been good for you. If you happen to hear any any barking in the background, I have my um, dog who's here with me this week, and uh, so as I'm recording, uh, sometimes when she hears things, uh, she'll give a little bark. So if you hear some barking in the background, pay no attention to the dog in the background today. Um, Here's what I want to talk about, and we're going to keep this one brief. I think I've shared on the podcast uh, right now in this season as I'm recording this, which this would be kind of spring, summer, actually, we're officially in the summer now. June 21st passed. It's now, uh, uh, you know, we're in the late days of June. We're almost to July. So we are in summer. Uh, as you're listening to this right now, we are in summer, right? We're in July. And uh, there's a point I was going to make with that. And I can't think about the point. Yes, the, the class that I have been teaching uh, through Point Loma Nazarene, the master's program. Oh my gosh, they're an amazing class, and uh, I hope I have many more classes like this. But the, but this is going to be a hard one to top, you know. Pro, you know, professors. It, you know, I think some people think when they take a class that every class is going to be the same, and professors kind of react the same, and that we don't care about our classes, and we do we care deeply about the students that come through. And especially for this one, it's a private university, and I'm, every week when I walk in, I'm mindful of how much money these students are paying to be here and these you know they don't have to get this degree it's a degree that they want to get and so i'm all i'm always mindful of that every single uh, time i walk into class it's very important but this is a cohort and i've told them this before um that really has taken advantage of um they've really taken advantage of well i hope they're taking advantage and that's one thing i share with them i hope they take advantage of how great of a cohort this is it's just it's just an amazing group of people. And I come in there and I, I get excited to put things in front of them because I walk away and I learned something. So today I want to talk about, and I've talked a little bit on the podcast about some lessons I've learned about micromanaging and kind of systems thinking and kind of, kind of why our world is the way it is. And I've learned these because of the conversations I've had with uh, this class. And, uh, you know, when, when you're teaching graduate students, you can't, 
you know, you, it's not like teaching uh, undergrads and especially traditional undergrad students who are, you know, you got to kid glove it a little bit and it's kind of entertainment and, and there might be some top down there, right? You got to do more teaching sometimes and it's harder to get things out of them. Not always. I think a good instructor can do that, but it's just different with adult students. And I'm talking students that are anywhere from 25 years of age all the way up to, you know, sometimes in some of the classes I have 55, 60 even, um, you know, you, you have to treat them like adults. I think you treat undergrads like adults as well, too, but especially grads like this. And that means you have a lot of freewheeling discussions, at least I do. And you let them kind of figure things out because that's just how it is. It's just what they do. And so we were talking the other day about how to build culture. We're actually talking about this right now, how to build culture. And one of the points that we brought up is that in any organizational culture where there's a sense of esprit de corps, where the people really respect the culture, it's they've got a good name in the community. There's always it, it, it always starts off as being difficult. And so the example that we used was uh, uh, what was the example we used? The example we used was um, uh, Costco. And we talked about how there's a lot of, you know, the people that work there, there's a lot of pride there in what they do. There's a lot of loyalty to that brand. And, uh, and that's a really cool thing. It's a very cool thing. But everyone who works there has started off at the bottom. That's my understanding. Everybody starts with the carts in the parking lot. I had thought about, and I'm talking like in the last couple of years, I thought about, well, you know, going for a career at Costco. And to be honest with you, it's not, a, it's, it's, it wasn't my worst idea ever. I'll tell you that. The people are pretty impressive there, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I, you know, the times I go in, I'm always impressed with who they are. I'm impressed with the with their product. I'm impressed with how they run things there. And so I thought, man, that'd be that'd be amazing to, you know, work my way up and be maybe a, you know, assistant GM, be a store manager, maybe run a few few different stores in the area. And I mean, that takes, you know, 15, 20 years, but I got time. That's what my mindset was thinking. And so I was actually going in that direction and and uh, um I kind of I kind of got off on on a tangent there, but the point I'm trying to make is they have a really great culture, and I think a lot of it goes into. Or I think the point I was trying to make was that I have a friend that works there, and she told me she said, you know, you could do it, but I don't know if you'd want to do it. <laughs> and she probably knows me well enough. Now, now look, I've done a lot of hard jobs in my lifetime, believe you me. But the first time I got an office job, it's like I've never looked back. <laughs> and I've just said there's something about going into an office and taking a seat for eight hours and using my brain to do work versus doing my back and my arms and legs and all that kind of stuff. So she said, you probably could do it, but you're probably not going to want to do it. And at, in your early 40s, are you going to be are you going to be able to take you know directions from a 26 year old who's going to be your boss? And so she made a lot of good points. And so that didn't end up working out for me. And my, you know, my path took another path and it's a good path. Um, but, but there's something about that company and it's because I think, and that's what we were talking about the other day in class is that, uh, but the companies where there's a spree de corps, it means that people have had to earn their way there, right? They've had to go through a, a, a time of, you know, I've, I think of my time in the military, my time in the U.S. Army, and I did my first first team, my my first fifteen weeks were uh, basic training and advanced infantry training. So it was pretty much 
15 weeks of basic training, right? And then when you're sent to your first unit, I went to South Korea and your first six months there, they treat you like absolute crap, absolute crap. And uh, because you're new, you don't know anything. Your job is to keep your mouth shut and do what you're told. And then over time, as you get a little more rank, you prove yourself, then people, they listen to you more, but that takes time. All, all of that takes time. Uh, but there's a sense, when I think back about my time in the military, it's with a sense of pride. And I was telling my class the other day, I can't listen to taps even to this day without getting teary eyed. I can't listen to, you know, uh, the, you know, our, uh, our national anthem without getting a sense of pride and tears and uh, America, the beautiful, even God bless the USA. Even, you know, I don't listen to that song very much anymore that uh, that song has been transformed in recent years. But, but before that, it was a song for sure that, that really brought up a lot of, a lot of tears and a lot of respect. And, and here's the reason why I say that it's because I came through something that was difficult. It was not easy. There's nothing easy. I have so much respect for military members. There's nothing easy about serving your country in the U.S. military or any military across the world. So I think about that. I think about those of you who've gone to college. Anytime you think about the college that you attended, your undergraduate college, it's with a sense of pride. I don't care if it was a crappy college. I don't care if it was Harvard or if it was, you know, Podunk University. There's a sense of pride you have in it. And why is that? Because you put in four years, three to four to five years of really hard work and you had to do the test and you had to do the the discussion board. You had to show up to class even though you didn't want to. You had to do the hard. You had to do what was difficult. And because of that, you have a sense of pride because you made it through. And so the point I was trying to make, and this is what I'm going to give you something to consider. Now, just consider this. Okay. If you want to build a great organizational culture, great team culture, whatever it is, maybe even a a great family culture. I don't know how you do this in a family. Well, I think you create chores, you create challenges for you as a family, not you as parents lording it over your, you know, uh, boy, that that's a real church term lording it. Uh, But not as a parent kind of, you know, your way up here and your kids are down here, but as a team, what are difficult things that you can do together? Maybe it's a camping trip that you take together. Maybe it's a, a vacation and you all get to plan it together as opposed to just dad sitting down and making up all the plans and saying, this is what we're doing and this is where we're going. Maybe it's a progressive kind of vacation where you figure out where you're going as you go. I don't know what it is. You can figure that out. But I think the families that uh, or teams or organizations that really are able to last for the long term, it's because they go through the hard they deal with the hard. There's something about being in the hard that makes people grow closer to each other. So I guess my challenge for you, it's something for you to think about is as you're building your culture, as you're building your team, uh, how difficult can you potentially make it? And could that be a good thing for you if you could bring some difficulty and, and not the whole time, right? And it's not about being difficult because you want to be mean to people. It's not about that. It's not about being rude to people. It's not about treating people negatively. But what it is about is creating something that creates some esprit de corps. And esprit de corps is usually found when everyone has to go through something a little bit more difficult, okay? And so again, I just want to encourage you in your planning, in your thinking about how to build your team and you planning about an organization or even your family unit, what difficult things can you place in there? Again, with teams and organizations, I would say it needs to be at the beginning, that probationary time, right? That needs to be tough. 
um, you know, so, you know, that that level of hard or difficult, you can figure that out on your own. But but there needs to be something that people have to overcome in, in order to be able to survive in your culture. So just I just want you to think about that. Again, think about all the times that you've had pride in your life about something you've done. And I guarantee you it's because something that you did, that thing that you did was difficult. And uh, so instead of just giving it, handing it, you know, to your people, do what you can to bring out the difficult, because through that, you're going to create some esprit de corps. Look, that's all I got for you today. My dog is now uh, right next to me. And uh, I think it's her way of telling me it's time to it's time to go out and use the restroom. So we're going to do that. Anyway, for all of you, hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much for listening. I said that uh, on Monday, but I want to say it again. It means a great deal that you stop by and listen to this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Tell somebody else about Spread the Word. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next week for the Prof. JC Leadership Podcast. Take care. Have a great weekend, everybody. listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we offer episodes just like this three times every week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Subscribe to my podcast, the Prop JC Leadership Podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart.com, anywhere you get your podcast and be the first to get your episodes three times every week. I'll see you soon.